<laughs> and welcome to Brown Meets World. When it's Brown Meets World. Your boy meets world fun cast. This is episode 108. I'm Siege. I am Tony Curtis. All right. Nice, nice to hear from you again, Tonothy. Always, always good to hear from you, Siege. How you been? How has things been? Well, you know, um, we're getting into the holiday season. That we are. Um, you know me and you've kind of been discussing you know typically we get drowned with a lot of work at the beginning of december right before our bosses go on their elaborate to the three week vacation <laughs> um so that's kind of where we are now but you know i'm i, I i'm excited i just got my tree and Ooh. uh so yeah i'm just i'm getting into the, the festive spirit how have you how have you been getting into I, it i'm actually like it's weird i've been in the spirit although i haven't really done anything for it for it just yet but i'm just like in i'm like ready to be jolly i was saying i need some uh comfort and joy so <laughs> well um speaking of comfort and yes. joy yes oh talk about a segue <laughs> I, I i have to say um you know typically and you know from time to time we've been doing this podcast for since 2017 mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a while me and you have been known to, on occasion, you know, sip a little something, something. I was actually looking to sip a little discuss, something. <laughs> boy, we but I want you to know that I remained purposefully sober for mm-hmm. this episode because it felt, it felt in line with, with what the episode uh, tried to be Asked about. for. So I'll, <laughs> I will say. I did not intentionally come sober, but I I will join you in sobriety for this Ooh. episode uh, because uh, for those of you who don't know, this is one of the infamous uh, drinking alcohol after school special episodes. This of- was a very special episode. We haven't had like a a true very special episode. I want to say since season four with that girl who was getting beaten up that's by her dad. Yeah, I think that's the last one um but i have to say like as far as very special episodes go this one really is is a good one and i a lot of people are probably unfamiliar with this episode because this was one of the episodes that disney channel chose not to run in syndication disney was like yo this is you could do this shit at nine o'clock on a friday on the abc but you cannot do this at 3 p.m on disney channel so a few episodes are um, omitted from the Disney syndication and this one is is I think the first one we've come across mm-hmm. absolutely excited to talk about this episode you want to just get into it yeah yeah let's just jump right in <clears throat> okay so uh you're gonna give me my tell me about it oh yeah I got the tell me when I got I, I got one locked and loaded <clears throat> here we go here we go Tell us about it. Oh, the boys are getting drunk. Corey's feeling out of luck. And Sean is drinking like he don't give a fuck. Ooh, that was a really, really good. I'm excited to talk about this episode because there were a lot of things that, like, I I just... Anyway, going into to tell me about it. <laughs> this is season five, episode 18. If you can't be with the one you love. Depressed by his heartbreak um, with Topanga, Corey gets a reputation of being a downer, which he tries to shake off by drinking and partying. When Sean catches Corey in the act, he convinces Sean to try it as well with disastrous results. In addition, Sean discovers why Jack's mother left their father. This had, so this was like three plots in one. 
again, like I think it's it's weird because in a TV show where you have 25 episodes, this makes sense for like a story arc, like like for yeah. like a three-parter. You know what I mean? Like this would have made so much sense being sprawled over a few episodes, finding out some things, but they condense it into one and it's weird because like I feel like that's what we would do now with less episodes. I I do feel that um, one of my first impressions was feeling like things were left unresolved completely. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I'm I'm sure we'll get to the Angela moment because I have a lot of opinions <laughs> about it. But to your point, like this did feel like one of those unfortunate Boy Meets World moments where they kind of jammed something into twenty five minutes that would have been nicer at like thirty five minutes. Yeah, like to explore and give it some forty time minutes. To read. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, so it's so funny. All right, so let's just get right into it. As I said, in this episode, it, it like even in the tell me about it, I kind of summarized. Corey gets into like this little depressive mode. He is, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Corey is, and for all intents and purposes, is depressed in a way yeah. that depression in the 90s, just like, I, I I think I just want to just focus in on this for just one second, because if ever there were like a show to be like, hey, how did people handle mental health in the 90s? This was fucking it, bro. You were bumming us out. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, also, I think there's like a few things because like, I, I, I kind of understand and I want am on everyone else in the show's side of being like you're bumming us out because he cheated like like that's the thing he's like sean why isn't she as broken up about this as i am uh because she didn't cheat like like like, that she wasn't manipulating anybody that's why she's doing okay and she's not even doing okay she's just like not moping around because she has nothing really to be sorry for that's an interesting perspective like you're, you're you're positing that like Corey is equating this to heartbreak, but what actually it is is guilt setting in that yes. Topanga is not Absolutely. feeling it all. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, it's not that Topanga's not feeling it. Topanga just has no reason to like advertise it the way that Corey does. Why? Because Corey needs to set the record straight. He has to play the sad boy. And and what's funny is like he's playing the sad boy and woe is me. And can you believe my girlfriend broke up with me? And everyone's like, dude, we heard the story. Like you're you're burping yeah. us out because you're the one who's wrong. Like <laughs> okay, okay. So this is interesting because I feel like I have been on on both sides of this. I have been the person who has been like like going through a depressive state where I'm actively trying not to bum other people out and it's like an effort, but I've also been that kind of person on the other side of it, who's been around people who have been going through a depression that you're clinically not in the state to like treat. And so you can't help them. And so at a certain point it's just draining of yourself. Like, so I've been on both sides of it. Absolutely. And again, to me, it's not to say that, Corey doesn't have a right to be depressed and it's not to say that Corey doesn't need help and assistance and all these other things it's just to say that the reaction of the people around him which is like dude you're like literally bringing everyone else down is like no dude you're being showy about this when we all 
we've all been paying attention. You know, like you yeah. were in Team Beat last week. We all know, <laughs> <laughs> like the teachers are all paying attention. We understand what went down and you are just kind of playing the victim right now. You know, it's interesting. And tell me if you felt any of, of this at all. I just thought it was really interesting that Corey happened to be going to through a depression but because he was going through depression he was not invited to the celebrating the new nose party which feels like i i don't know there just seems like something interesting that's happening there where like one person is like trying to celebrate like a newness in a way of something that caused them a depression and actively trying not to bring around someone who's added just a different phase of it. I just thought that was interesting. That's a, that's a very good point. I didn't think about the something newness yeah. of this party, but that does bring us to our roll call, which is Vanessa Evigan. Evigan, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to say your name properly. Anyway, it is the girl who plays Kimberly. Who got the new job. Kimberly Sutton Fonda? I have no <laughs> idea, but I, I will say I was, as usual, we get the stereotypical trope of mean girl of the week girl of the week you know like there's just and it's it was like so sad to see this character be written again who doesn't seem to care about anything except being vain and trying to hook up with dudes like that's how these showrunners see girls it's like oh, yeah she is so incredibly vain that the one person she specifically told people not to invite to the party uh, got in simply by complimenting her nose. Like, that's exactly. all it took, a single compliment. By the way, I just, I quickly want to say this. The show is constantly referencing Bridget Fonda as, like, her nose spiration. I, I had to Google Bridget Fonda. I had no idea who that was. I don't know if that shows my age or, or a you lack of pop I, culture no, knowledge, but... I, I didn't, I didn't, I had to Google. That's like, no, absolutely. And what did you find when you Googled? I found an actress I was vaguely familiar with, but didn't have a nose that I thought was <laughs> something that I would like. Like, you know, like if you, if you, if you, if, if like you see a girl, she got big ass and be like, oh, you got that JLo ass. It's like, it makes sense. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't, that's, it's, I wouldn't you think know what? Bridget Fonda's it's nose. Whatever makes Bridget Fonda feel better about Bridget Fonda. That's hey, what I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of Bridget Fonda fans who listen to our <laughs> podcast, and we're in no way trying to despair the name of Bridget Fonda. I just want you guys to know. But I did, I wanted to talk about that party a little bit because we're at uh, Kimberly's party. And again, she is just kind of seen as like this character who's just like, yo, now that you're with Sean, can I dance with him later? And again, it's like, a, bold. B, uh, I do like uh, Angela's security in her relationship. Like, you can do whatever you want to do, but he ain't going anywhere, so do you, boo. I loved Angela throughout the entire party. I just loved her vibe of just like, you know what, girl? This is your party. I see you feeling yourself, but just don't overstep. Like, uh, I just, yeah, I exactly. love it. <laughs> um, and then she does the same thing with Corey. Corey's like, becomes like this life of the party out of nowhere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And all of a sudden, um, she's just like, yo, Corey's looking kind of good, too. And again, it's just I, I don't want to harp on this too long, but it's another iteration of the writers only seeing teenage girls as very shallow. And it's just it always bothers me when I see it. Whoever, whatever guy has the most attention is the one that Kimberly wants to be with. Obviously, that's how that's how women work, right? That's how Boy Meets World Obviously. has described women. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yo, but Corey, all of this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I kind of for like a hot second thought Corey was a fun drunk and and not like like I get it. Like 
he's obnoxious. He peed on the cop car. We'll get into all of that. But just the Corey that's just like telling stories about him and Sean and like making jokes about it. I was like, I'm kind of into this Corey Matthews. He seems fun. I would like you. I should definitely just start jumping ahead of you because you always get ahead of me whenever I let you in. But either way, I was going to say this leads us to the revelation that Corey has been drinking at the party. Yes, so he's yes. guy. Topanga comes in. He's dismissive of her. We're like, what's going on? Like, there, it's set up to be like, hey, what's going on with Corey? He's more confident than we used to. And he's kind of a jerk to Topanga. And I'm like, first of all, all of those are elements of Corey that are just there, but he just usually plays them down. Um, but then they reveal that he is drinking. First of all, terrible alcohol. <laughs> well, I was going to ask because you, you you really brought that to my attention. I kind of knew from watching this episode that he was going to show up to this party drunk. But you bring up a good point that the audience doesn't get that reveal until he goes to the bathroom later. When you saw this episode, did you know that he was going to show up drunk or did you get the reveal with the, the, the audience? I had an inkling the moment we talked about the party and Corey's, you know, like I was familiar with the idea of there being a party where Corey gets drunk. So when he showed up to the party in a different personality, I was like, oh, this is the, I'm an alcohol. <laughs> what I will say is I did not expect it to switch the way that it did. And I can't wait to get into that because totally. that is, that is a whole other conversation. But I will say talking about drunk Corey, it was really funny because we, you're right. We get, we get to see Sean and Corey be drunk in a way that of course you're not going to see in a kid's show, but it is kind of fun. And there's a very true to life. I was like, writer strong has been drunk before by this episode. Cause he's like doing handstands and he's like, he's Oh, he's having do. so much fun with it. And there's a certain point where like, I'm watching this Disney somewhat produced show where like the two main characters are just doing shots in the bathroom being like, why don't they sell this to kids? Like I can <laughs> see why this got on the do not syndicate list. Um, I thought what I thought was actually truly fascinating. And this kind of plays into what you were talking about. Um, and I'm not going to move ahead too fast. The switch between Corey's drinking to Sean's drinking. When we are in the bathroom and Corey is revealed to have been drinking, Sean comes in to check on him and Sean sees that he's drinking. Sean's reaction isn't to freak out. Like he doesn't yeah. chastise Corey right away. He's just like, oh, so you're drinking weird. Like he doesn't give his friend a hard time about it, but he's so easily peered pressured into it, which I think segues into the Sean drinking, which again takes over the episode. So I just I wanted to point out that that's where I I witnessed that that diverging taking place from Corey's drinking to Sean's drinking. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was my, my whole thing is um, that it was you know, we reveal that Corey is the one who's drinking. Sean, we know Sean comes from a background where people drink. We understand that he has like a little bit rougher of a childhood. And so due to that, it's kind of expected uh, that he would be understanding. He doesn't freak out. And like, we get like this bonding moment of him laying like, you know, I used to think I couldn't live without Topanga, but it's actually you who I can't live without, you know, Corey talking to Sean. And I was like, this is, again, it's not the greatest thing to show kids, but it is a true to life moment of being like, oh, you know, even at their lowest point, Corey and Sean are in goals. It kind of really 
anchors the second half because you're like, oh yeah, this is a friendship dynamic. Um, and Corey, not Corey, Sean is there to support his friend. He's like, I don't, I don't think you should be doing what you're doing, but at the exact same time, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to be a shoulder. And I really appreciated that. And then of course we get our boys will be boys storyline of um, asking a stranger to buy them alcohol. That's a no, no peeing on a cop car, the audacity. And, <laughs> you know, it's just Yo, this idea. Boy Meets like, World essentially said, fuck the police in this episode. Absolutely. Like, they A-tab. didn't say it, <laughs> but they kind of said it. Like, <laughs> um, there's there's one point that I thought was really funny that I just want to mention before we move on with they're in the, the bathroom. Corey's drinking right before Sean comes in. And he says, oh, Sean, my sidekick. And I just thought like, oh, what a fun little meta moment to follow our, yeah. and then there was Sean moment for him to just point out like, oh, now this is the point of the story where my sidekick now arrives and now we we carry on with our adventures. I just thought that was Absolutely. interesting. Um, uh, also, Corey's dancing during the party, I thought deserves an honorable mention. Does it? I wanted to <laughs> skip over that as much as possible. I think it, it's so funny when you see TV shows where the, someone has to dance or they have to act drunk and it's just an all-white cast because it's so clear that these people don't know how to like dance or just act cool. And it's not something you really see in tv shows with people of color like they're still like they're, they may not be hitting it but they're still like a groove and yeah. in white tv shows it's you could just tell that someone's never been asked to dance in front of the <laughs> audience before and it's always hilarious well you could also tell that they didn't have music when they were yeah. filming it they were like just dance in the background and we'll just throw dance. the music in after no one thought well, should we have like a beat or like something <laughs> no <laughs> I also want to point out real fast before we move on is that the party scene, I'm pretty certain that was just the Matthew set with the bar from Chubby's like uh, move airplanes. Uh, it was, it was weird. That's, that's a very interesting note. I didn't even look at that, but you're great with like the sets. You actually like pay attention to the sets that way. Oh man. Um, okay. Yeah. So they, so they, they peed on this cop car. The, uh, I, when were you, there's a moment where they're walking drunk and Corey says to Sean, I usually can't pee with another boy next to me. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was such an interesting thing for like the writers to be like, oh, we should have Corey say this right now that, hey, usually I'm too shy to perform next to another man. But thanks to the alcohol, I have overcome that fear. It just seemed like such like a weird specific thing that like a writer had experience with where he's like, oh, man, I can't pee if there's other guys next to me. But when I'm drunk, I can. It just it, it was just such a weird little nugget for them to throw in of Corey's personality. Yeah. yeah you know, it's like one of those things where um, you it like a flaw makes them more human. Uh, yeah. But also, it's weird that for for Corey and Sean, that this is the first time that it's come up like that. Like, I'm not saying that. Um, it's true. It's not, but like it's. Like if we really want to do a deep dive, it's like also, dude, you're drunk, so you're gonna pee when you have to pee. <laughs> Once you've broken that seal, did you clock the gay panic moment where they're oh, professing love me? for each other, and the guy comes out and he's like, "Hey, it's okay, my brother has also chosen an alternative lifestyle." Of course I did. <laughs> Why would I not? Oh my gosh! Again, <sighs> it's this idea. Like, I think what's funny is I don't want. I think this whole episode is like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we can, but like the whole chose, like chose an alternative lifestyle and the way that it's set up. I have never even thought about that phrase 
in depth, but like there is so much wrong with the idea yeah. of he chose an alternative lifestyle and I don't even want to go down that road. But yes, of course, there was a little bit of gay panic because we can't have men be intimate uh, too much without uh, there being some sexual innuendo. Hey, hey, no homo, no homo, no homo. That's, <laughs> that's we get it. Uh, there's also this really funny moment right before um, the cops arrest him and then we can move on after this. Uh, uh, Corey says to Sean, stand still, we won't get in trouble, which is a callback actually to the pirate radio episode in season two, where they're doing the radio in the in the closet, in Janitor's Bud's closet, and Feeney opens the door and Sean says, don't move, maybe he can't see us. They have this understanding that if they're still, they won't be seen, and they've carried it through the show in a way that I just thought was really entertaining. No, I love it. Again, you're great with the callbacks, and this is a really good one, because, yeah, I didn't think about that, but the idea of, it just, to me, it, it felt like, uh, A, white boy logic, B, Borneo's world logic, C, drunk <laughs> logic. You know, like, the, all, all of those into one. Um, oh, but, all right, let's get to this kind of, this is Alan? kind of a pivot, um, expected, but not expected. And this idea that Alan would be so, like assume so much and then also be so outright with it. Like this idea of Alan who has known Sean for years and, and knows Corey for years and knows that usually it's a dynamic duo situation, if anything, yeah. that he would just immediately go so hard in on Sean. I do not have a kid and I don't know what it's like. So maybe I'm rushing to judgment. The idea that he would be little Sean like this and just assume and then say that it was Sean's fault. He's the bad influence without asking any other questions. Where'd you get the alcohol? How, yeah. like, how long have you been doing this? Like, there are so many questions that you can ask as a parent and as a mature adult. And instead, he just goes directly to blaming this child that isn't his. And immediately, I was like, nope, ain't gonna happen. Not with me. Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting pivot because I, I, it, the show, for whatever reason, is trying to put attention onto Sean when Sean wasn't the, the catalyst for any yes. of this. Like yes. it, it was so frustrating that like Corey did something that like negatively influenced Sean, but Sean is getting reprimanded for negatively influencing Corey when Corey doesn't seem to, I mean like, yeah, he gets grounded for peeing on the cop car, but as far as like his influence on Sean, there's never any discussion on that. Even though Sean hears an earful from Alan about his negative influence on, on Corey. I just thought that was interesting. Well, yeah, no, like, and that's the whole, this is what I meant by like a pivot. It's weird. Cause the episode is set up to be like, Hey, Corey needs to learn a lesson. Um, but instead it pivots to Sean and you're like, and do, we never really come back to Corey needing to learn this lesson. It's now yeah. Sean's problem. And there is something to be said about someone who has a history of alcoholism and being there for a friend and kind of getting roped in. Like all of that, all of those pieces are there. But narratively speaking, they're like, hey, Corey starts getting drunk this episode. We should really talk about that. Only we're not going to because we all know that poor people are actually the one who are more likely to yeah. have a problem with drinking. 
It felt like I again, and I don't know if this was like a purposeful like we're gonna do a red herring where like we th- we're gonna make you think that the show is about this and make it about this. Simpsons does that all the time. Yeah, where Simpsons will start Simpsons. an episode thinking like, oh, we're about this, but actually it's about this. But this didn't feel satisfying at all. This didn't feel earned. This didn't feel like um like I just I guess I was just upset that Sean got brought into this at all. Like I yes. really like Corey yes. was depressed and he started to partake in self-destructive behavior and we didn't even get a chance to like pull that apart before we switched the tension over to the poor kid who's causing trouble again so and, uh, yes and that's what really first of all i said alan i love that you said uh the poor kid who's causing trouble because in my notes i wrote down alan's classism is showing and it's like boy if i'm not mistaken you're not too far from the streets yourself so you need to chill a little bit alan um but then on top of which it's this idea that the show doesn't want to tackle Corey, its golden child having a drinking problem even the show puts it on sean and the show's like, well, if anyone would have a drinking problem, it'd be Sean. And it's like, first of all, no, if anyone would have been exposed and knows about the danger of alcohol, it would be Sean. Um, if anyone would know how to hold their liquor probably a little bit better, it would be Sean. So the idea that you would just immediately, and you even address that it's actually Corey who deserves all of this attention. But after this point, you just, the rest of the episode is Sean's downward spiral. And it was just so confusing. Like even Sean says, um, what is, what was it? I, maybe I'm misquoting. Someone says, I'm not in any trouble. You are. Um, who, what is, what was that? Who's that? Do you remember? I'm sorry. Oh, Sean says that. Sean said that to Corey when the Matthews are like giving, like chastising them about the drinking. Sean eventually is like, hey, I appreciate the lecture, but you ain't my parents. Like, I'm not in any trouble. You're like, you're not in any trouble, Corey. Or whatever the phrase is. No, no, the phrase was, uh, thank you, you reminded me. It was, I'm not in any trouble. You are. And it's like, no, that's expected of me. They literally look at me as someone who would do this. And I was like, do you ever come back from that? Do you ever come back? Like, does Sean's relationship with Alan ever really get repaired when you know that no matter what you've done and no matter how dedicated you've been to this man's child and trying to help him out, when he sees you, he sees someone who is corrupting his golden boy and he's just constantly waiting waiting for you to fuck up. Yeah. You know, I feel like if this were a longer episode or like a two-part or something like that like if this were a drama perhaps we'd get some flashback of alan having a friend that he grew up with that fucked up his life and like his anger came out as like this like protective instinct of him growing up in an environment very similar from sean's and seeing kids go astray like i'm sure there would be something to that if it were fleshed out but it it doesn't have that and i guess my biggest frustration is that like I just wish that this episode would have just chosen the kid and just dedicated the whole episode to him because this whole like half a coconut for each one isn't enough story for either. Come on, come on. I'm (laughs) here for it. But truly like we've already established that Sean's whole 
like foundation that's built around Corey and Topanga. It would have made just as much sense for Sean to get drunk at this party, for Sean to like do all these things. Like it would have just made sense to just make it a Sean drinking episode since he's apparently predisposed. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> he apparently was set up for to be a, an alcoholic anyway. Like this was this was in his genes. So yeah, I, addiction. He's pre. Uh, damn. Now you have me forgetting how to say it. <laughs> I swear we went to college, y'all. I knew it five <laughs> seconds ago. And my mind was like, I I don't, I don't know what to say, bro. Uh, anyway, no, I like you said. I think that the half a coconut for each character definitely didn't work. We should have went all in on one or the other. And the story arc should be about one or the other. Yeah. But in reality, I think the story, like it, it would have done well to just stick with Corey. Like yeah. it makes so much sense to stick with Corey because it's Corey's heartbreak. And Corey is the one who needs to learn a lesson. And Corey is the one who needs to be taken down a notch. Corey is the one who's a jerk to Topanga in the very beginning. Um, like even later on, like Topanga is like, um, I saw you when you were drunk. I knew. Yeah. This isn't a revelation to me. Yeah. And, and you were an asshole. And I liked that confrontation. And that's where we should have stayed. But instead, we rope Sean into this. And it's mm-hmm. like, and like I said, the writers kind of do exactly what Alan did, which is that let's spend this time focused on the poor kid with a terrible upbringing and talk about addiction in that way. When, again, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Alan's mom just someone who hops all over the place? Doesn't Alan's dad have some sort of history? Like, we could have explored addiction in family. Yeah. Just, and then have Sean be the friend who's like, hey, I understand. I can relate. Well, well that's, and that's a great point because when you think about it, like, sh- yes, sh- even if you want to pretend that Corey and Topanga's whole relationship is Sean's foundation and that's what causes him to become an alcoholic for an episode. Um, like, Sean's world has been disrupted multiple times in his life. He's woken up to his parents gone. He's woken up, like, Oh, and now I'm living with a teacher now. Now I'm living with this person. Like he's constantly going through that. Corey has had nothing but home runs his entire life. Like this kid wouldn't know how to approach disappointment, how to approach uh, depression. Like it would make more sense for him to fall into something like alcohol. And that would make more sense knowing that he can't navigate it when his foundation has cracks in it the way that Sean, I would imagine, would from having the experiences he's had. Also, again, like just to me, Corey is the one who shows up with alcohol. So like, yeah. stick with that. Like, like yeah. how about the fact that Corey just shows up with alcohol? How about we yeah. just talk about that? Like, instead of blaming it on Sean and be like, oh, do you see how, they, like not one person goes, hey, do you see what you did to Sean? Do you see how your destructive behavior and your, like, did you even consider the fact that Sean has a father with alcoholism? Or were you too obsessed with yourself and you roped someone into it? Like, that's another conversation that we could have. If you want to have Sean go down this rabbit hole and start to get drunk, someone should look at Corey and be like, hey, do you see what you've done? Do you see how your destructive behavior is bleeding out into others? Like, that is the way to go. But no, instead, we just blame Corey. 
I, I do want to give Corey a little bit of credit because uh, when Alan confronts Sean, Corey does actually own up and say, yes. no, dad, yes. you got this wrong. I'm taking accountability for this. I did this. It wasn't Sean in a way that Corey could have easily been like, oh, Sean's going to take this one for me. He could have just not said anything and been complicit, but he he decided to speak up in a way that I feel like maybe season three or four Corey would not have. I completely um, agree. But again, it goes back to it's a little weird because it goes back to the what sean says next which is like they have you on this pedestal and it's this idea again i feel like maybe the writers are talking about the fact that they wanted to do this and then the studios were like we can't have that happen like it just feels like the little conversation we have in the kitchen is actually the writers saying and acknowledging this is not how it should be this is yeah. the story we want to tell, but they won't let us. So instead, we'll tell the one that we're forced to. It's just not as interesting of a story. Like, like if this were Full House, do you care about DJ having a drinking problem or Kimmy having a drinking problem? DJ, obviously. Like, so why don't we dive into this central character, give him some flaws, really make him an anti-hero for just a little bit? Like, exactly. It would have been so much fun. What do you mean make him an anti-hero for a little bit? I think we've established that Corey is the anti-hero in oh most of us. Uh. Okay, so they have this come to Jesus moment in the Matthew's kitchen, and they're like, no more drinking, no more drinking. Then they show up in Feeney's class, and guess who's been having some AM drinks? Some uh, some mimosas pre, pre-class. Um, in comes Sean with the disruptions. Um, my favorite outburst of Sean that I want to point out is when he tells Topanga to sit on Corey's lap. I wrote that is, of course, my bra moment where I was like, what? excuse you, excuse me, excuse say you? what now? And, and this was who that just was so telling as to like, I don't know the way that they made Sean like drunk, but then like just blurred out these truth bombs. I actually I really appreciate it. But the fact that he just feels this like disdain for Topanga <laughs> Even though it's not Topanga's fault. It's not Topanga's fault. Again, like, again, this is what I have a problem. When we switch over to it being Sean's problem, so many things come out and so many, and it's like, and again, I think they have this done because it can be Sean who's this way for the audience to like forgive him. Whereas I think with Corey, it would have been a little bit harder. But the fact that he's like, let Corey sit on your lap um the fact that he pushes angela I whoa, was whoa, like, whoa 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 abc was not gonna allow a white woman to get hit on national television <laughs> <laughs> that shit got cut fast that was yeah. set up for angela yeah. and the idea <laughs> that angela responds in the way she does there are two things Ooh. one it's it's complicated because one Black women have been shown as strong and can take anything for too long. So the idea that Angela would actually respond in kind of a sensitive, hurt way, and she has a history with her mother makes sense. It, like, I, I, like the idea that Angela would actually react in a different way than expected and be kind of like, hey, I don't like that you drink. This kind of happens. I, in a way, very true to life, and it allows Black women to be vulnerable i don't like however, it i didn't like however, it however did not however, like it <laughs> however 
the idea that Angela will get pushed by a white boy that she's dating <laughs> and then just retreat and be like, hey, I didn't like that. I, I, I have. No, honestly, like I saw that and I was just truly, um, you know, it, it's not just that Sean's drinking kind of comes out of nowhere in the episode. It's the fact that it does lead to this kind of like really serious moment where he pushes Angela fairly hard against the wall. Yeah. None of the friends say anything about it. Nope. It's not really mentioned again. He doesn't even apologize for it. He just nope. goes, I don't like it when I drink either, which is not an apology, which is not like an omission of nope. uh, it's not it's nothing. It's truly nothing. So I guess I'm just wondering, why did they have him hit her if they weren't going to go through the process of resolving it? Like, as you said, it's because she was prop and they were like, oh, let's use her as an example of how bad this can get. And it's like, no, what she what you should use her as is an example of what happens when you go too far. Because when you there go are too consequences. far, <laughs> and, and it's a shame. Me. <laughs> it's a shame because up until the push, Angela was like, "Yo, whatever help you need, we can find it." She was being so supportive, yeah, and she just was just way too cool. Like in that moment, she didn't like. Oh, gosh, I. Yeah, I'm waiting for her to. I'm waiting for Angela to advocate for herself. I think that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, and it's just and like, that like moment said, has to come. It's, it's she advocated stronger situation. for Topanga than she did a, for her. It's a it's a hard situation because, as I said, black women deserve the right to be vulnerable and deserve the right to be sensitive. However, it's when you choose to let them be sensitive that I'm always like, why this moment? Five seconds ago, she was willing to beat somebody's ass over a friend. But when it's her, you're like, oh, your old look- nose is gonna, your new nose gonna look like the old nose, Kimberly. Back exactly. Up. But Sean <laughs> well, pushes her, goes. and she's like, "Sorry, Massa, I'll get out your way." Like I, I don't like it. <laughs> it, 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 it. It's it's a complicated line, and I think that it could have been handled better. Um, but also, more than anything, I would have loved for that to be it for Sean and Topanga. Like uh, not uh, Sean and Angela. Sean and Angela. Like for yeah. her to be like, you know what? No. I, because no, truly done, if zip zero. Angela has issue like trauma with her mom that in any way reflects like Sean's trauma. Like him hitting her wouldn't have just been a oh he was upset thing. It would have been like, hey, he's touching on something Triggered. that's triggering to me to me and that just wasn't none of that was fleshed out it was just a push for the sake of like uh he took it a little too far and i just didn't care for it at all absolutely Um, one thing i just do want to say before we move on is that we kind of skipped over the moment where jack kind of does the the reveal for why chet and his mom broke up which i just feel like i want to spend a little bit of time on because like up until that point we hadn't really gotten the full backstory of what happened and so this kind of fills in um some history for jack's character um for chet's character because i know we were kind of discussing like oh like 
he's a year apart. So did they live? And they said they lived together at one point. Like, what's the backstory? What's the history? Um, and I just thought it was also very interesting that Jack seems to know so much about his dad's alcoholism. Meanwhile, Sean's been living with his dad for years and hasn't experienced any of it. Um, I Is this to insinuate the check got clean? Because the- well, I was like, I, I'm very curious as to be, and like, who knows, we're, we're, we're doing our deep dive in here, we're speculating, but um, I was like, how much would Sean actually understand? Because there's a, there's a world where Jack actually knows the difference between what's normal and what's not, and he's very aware of how bad the situation was. But I think when you're in it, there's a very big part of Sean who may not have really connected the dots. Um, It may not just like you know, like he Chet was like really bad with um, the first, but when it came to like Verna. Verna was always the wild, she was the wilder card. So Sean yeah. just was like, oh, I guess like compared to my mom, my dad's actually not that bad. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I don't know. That was, again, just speculation. But uh, I did, again, I was like, oh, and we get a third reveal? Like, what are we doing here? Like, we just went from Corey drinks to Sean drinks and it is abusive. And now all of a sudden we learned this whole backstory about Chet. It's like, you guys are doing too much. Yeah, like they started with Corey sad with Topanga and then they ended with the reason why uh, Jack and Sean did not grow up together is because of alcohol. Like, it just feels like such a long leap to get from one to the other where it's just like, Either one of those stories is fine on their own. We don't need to jam it and make it a PB and J. Like that's like you know, let's separate. Also, let's have like so like let's spend a little bit more time on that. How does Sean feel about this reveal? What like like connecting more with Jack, making a whole like I, I said earlier, this could have been a two-parter or it could have been like a whole like not season arc, but like a three episode situation. Totally. Um, and we've and got been so, so much. much bullshit stories about yeah. Jack and Sean and like oh you like to go ice skating I like to go ice skating I don't give a shit about that like let's talk about this talk about the thing that broke your family up like why is this just an afterthought at the end of an episode about Corey exactly oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't really have much else to say. Sean, for whatever reason, feels the need to apologize to Alan after all of this. The Corey's grounded, and Sean gives Feeney an apple and twelve dollars to say I'm sorry. That's the end of the episode, right? Yeah. So a few things about that. One, I do <laughs> want to talk about the epilogue where um, Sean gives Feeney an apple, and it turns out that he took it from the basket <laughs> that he gave to Panga. Which again, why the hell is Topanga getting a basket and not Angela? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what did he do to Topanga? Like, he, what? He, exactly. he is the basket to make up for him saying sit on Corey's lap? Because if that's the case, where is Angela's car? Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he physically assaulted his girlfriend, and we don't get anything but a, hey, I don't like when I'm this way either. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Where is Angela's car? Where is Angela's, 
standing outside with a boom box and a million daisies just being like, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, like and also Sean admits to, you know, reveals to Feeney that him and Jack are gonna start seeing a counselor, but he never reveals this to Angela, who's the person who definitely needs to know how behavior is going to change going forward. Exactly. Oh god, again, if you want to make it Sean centric, then let's have Sean have some conversations. Yeah. Let, let's have Sean start making some amends. That's oh man. That was extremely frustrating of an episode. I have to say, like talking about it with you and un actually un like unraveling it, it's yeah. unpacking it, it's very frustrating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything else you want to? No, about? no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I I think we covered our bra moments. Or do you have any more? No, I think um, you know, assaulting his girlfriend and not apologizing for it uh, takes the cake for me. Although, why don't you go sit on Corey's lap is a is a good contender as well. Always a good one. And then I'm gonna just throw in there as a little flavor. We have choosing an alternative lifestyle again. Yes, very problematic <laughs> sentence. Uh, Feeny taught me what is the lesson of this episode besides white boys get away with nonsense. <laughs> Um, I guess pass the bucket. <laughs> if you get in trouble, just like, well, at least I'm not Sean, right, Dad? <laughs> like, what is the lesson of this episode? Don't drink. Yeah. It yeah. don't drink is the lesson of the episode. I guess. Um, I don't know. I will say, I will, I will say this. If you are underage, it is not wise to partake and then pee on a cop car. That is what I will tell you. <laughs> yes. Be of age when you pee on your cop cars, please. <laughs> it's the message Boy Meets World is trying to give us. <laughs> don't, don't draw attention to yourself when you're doing something you're not supposed to do. That's what I will say is the takeaway. Mm, that's a lesson black kids learn early <laughs> <laughs> they get to learn it after they pee on the cop car <laughs> what you know what we're, we're not going there uh, what grade are you giving this episode uh, honestly i'm giving this like a b minus like i appreciate that we're continuing with the whole story arc of Corey and topanga's breakup and how it's affecting like their 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 circle and their community um but as we pointed out, this episode just tried to take on more than it could handle, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I was giving it a B minus. It, it, it's a pretty entertaining episode, even though it's all over the place. Um, we have a lot of really key moments, I would say. Um, but it's it's just all over the place. It doesn't narratively really make sense. And um, I, I kind of even want to give it a C, but I feel like for some reason I walk away not feeling as bad about the episode as I should. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, homework. Well, what you got? homework. Um, homework for me. Mm. Have you gotten the chance to see Tick, Tick, Boom? I have not. All right, well, see, Tick, Tick, Boom's my homework. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom was a musical I was not familiar with at all. It's uh, created by Jonathan Larson, who eventually made Rent. Um, Jonathan Larson, the creator, died right before, like, the night Rent premiered, so he never actually got to wow. see it. I didn't know uh, right before the night. Man. Yes, 
Yes. Okay. So this is what's so dope about this musical. Let me just tell you the plot of it and then you'll understand why it's hitting so hard for me. Okay. So this is a guy who like literally spent his life trying to create the best musical in musical theater history. And then he came out with Rent that he never got to see achieve all of these accolades he always wanted. This musical is about him trying to write a musical, putting his entire like 20s a decade into a musical that never came out. And it's all about like these questions of like, you know, what does it mean? What does your dream mean to you if you'll never get to see it come true? Does it still, is it still worth all the effort? Is it still worth you putting your all into if you never get to see it come into anything? So like those questions are just really, really interesting. there's also this whole idea of like, I'm turning 30 and what have I done with my life? Uh, ah. Which is a question that's kind of asked, which as someone in your 30s, you kind of like have those moments of like, yeah. you know, all of these people have accomplished so much. And I'm getting into this decade where I planned on having my dreams met and nothing's happened yet. So what does that mean for for me? Like just really, really interesting questions. And god damn andrew garfield surprised the hell out of me but vanessa hudgens in this movie what can't she do what vanessa can't hudgens, she do? Vanessa hudgens wow <laughs> vanessa hudgens who stars in one two and three the top three billings of Chris switch fucking wowed me in this movie like extremely talented um i just highly recommend it and it's on netflix and it's free and and lin manuel miranda directed it and did a fantastic job directing what can't he do oh my god the the whole thing is great okay so uh to that point i um i guess my homework will be uh abbott abbott elementary i don't know if you see oh okay i haven't watched it yet the pilot just came out if you're listening to this at the time that we drop it the pilot just came out they did this weird thing where like they dropped the pilot and then they're like we'll be back in three weeks after winter vacation you're like why would you do that but like anyway uh they dropped it and it's it's really fun it stars quinta brunson um girl from the internet the yeah oh he got money yeah Um, if you followed her career like the fact that she has a a, like a a show on the national broadcasting network like it's truly just like an internet fairy tale come true like it's just so nice when you 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 become fans of these people who find little pockets on the internet and they're able to expand and and build fame from it and um yeah i'm i'm very excited to check out the show i i'm i will say it's it's entertaining as someone who like my sister is a teacher uh i felt I felt that she felt very seen. I felt like they were being very truth and storytelling. And also, I've kind of said this before, but in America, sadly, television is the best way to educate our population about failed systems. Um, and like they did it with Parks and Recs. Um, you can do it with Veep. And so I think that um, this will be another one where it's like it really shines a light on just kind of like the ludicrous nature that is our education system. System and what we prioritize uh, like without giving anything away in the very first episode like the very first five minutes they talk about how they don't have money for supplies from the uh, school district however they are building a brand new stadium like <laughs> minutes away and it's just like they were like we don't have money and then they're building a brand new stadium for the hell of it you know like right Sounds next door right. so yeah I, I thought that was really great um, 
Quinta Brunson, Tyler James Williams from Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, it's a really good show. I, I really he was also on Walking Dead as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. He had oh, his face wow. eaten off. Oh, look at you spoiling things. But uh, that's what I do. <laughs> it, it is what I do. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? No, I mean that's 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 pretty much it. Um yeah. That's all I got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Bummy's World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places. Leave us a rating. Reach out to us on TikTok. Email. You guys are always communicating with us. We always appreciate it. And uh, you can find me on TikTok at I am not your Oreo. Uh, TC is just out here doing his thing. So living life, raw dog in life without social media. Let him raw dog. <laughs> Uh, and also, I guess we will uh, see you guys next time. Just remember to dream, to try, and to do good. Do some damn good. Do some damn say, good. Do some shots, but that's that's not the, the that's not the, hey. the theme of this. <laughs> I mean, if you can handle it, if you're slightly older than 21, <laughs> as Alan would say, do your do your shots. All right, later, bros. Later, bruh. When the spawn meets world